Welcome to the Western North London podcast, where we can finally put the international breaks behind us. Finally. (laughs) I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. All right. Well, the, uh, like I said, the international break is finally something we can talk about in the past tense for the whole season. This is it. I know. Until uh, the next one, which will be next season. But uh, yeah, (laughs) we're... We can at least say from here until the end of this season when we... (laughs) finally uh can it, it just it it's crazy to me that when in the same season as a world cup we're still talking about international breaks i know especially that long international break for the world cup which uh interrupted the season and then we have it doesn't feel like that long ago that the world cup break ended and now we have to deal with it again uh i mean that being said there's some fun games that's Spain Scotland game was fun to watch. The uh, Kazakhstan Denmark game, which I don't know if you got a chance to watch, was absolutely I did not. Uh, Denmark went two 0 up early, and then Kazakhstan, who is you know not uh, known for for being great international soccer team, came back, uh, tied it, or they scored their first goal in the seventy fifth, their second goal I want to say in the eighty ish minute, and then the final goal in the 87th minute to uh to uh win the game with the goal score getting a, a yellow card for taking off his shirt and then getting a red card in extra time which is always fun too <laughs> but the scenes love of, it chaos yeah the scenes of celebration in, in kazakhstan were worth it and the uh i want to say the uh the second goal was an absolute banger from outside the box so yeah if you're if you're bored waiting for the weekend to start definitely pull up the uh kazakhstan uh denmark game I I meant to do the uh, Jesus documentary series, and I still might oh. do that between now and then and Saturday. Yeah, they just I actually literally watched the final episode right before this podcast. They put out the final episode. It's it's as I said, well worth the uh, the watch. Nice. Um, what uh, what do you got to drink this week? Well, I have a a gift from friend of the pod and co-host, or not co-host, but a guest host, Jordo, uh, brought me back a Canadian mm-hmm. beer from Granville, Granville Island Brewing, which I've been to before, and it's called Fumigator Smoked mm-hmm. Doppelbach. So I'm 50% excited, 50% terrified of this beer. It's coming in at 7.1%. Uh, I generally do like a Doppelbach. Uh-huh. You know, higher ABV has some pretty malty characteristics. Uh, I'm, I am interested to see the smoke on this thing. Yep. Smells like a campfire. Let's... Uh... <laughs> That's actually delightful. It's mm. way less on the smoke than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Has a very uh, good Doppelbach flavor. You get that, uh, you know, brownish, maltyish flavor. And then the smoke is just, it's very light and actually kind of nice. Uh, I mean, I haven't had bacon in almost 20 years, more than <laughs> 20 years. Uh, but it has that like bacony flavor, the, like sweet, smoky flavor to it that I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna enjoy this. I was kind of nervous, but yeah. I I recommend. I've only had one beer that had a, a bacony profile and it was the 
Voodoo Donuts oh, yes. collaboration. I think it was with Deschutes. Was it Deschutes or was it Rogue? Oh, Rogue. It was Rogue. Yeah. It was, trying, it, was a, it was a big, big Portland brewery. Of course, Rogue. Uh, in a Pepto-Bismol pink bottle. Yes. With the, uh, yeah, the just the worst combination of flavors in any beer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just maple and bacon and beer. Just it, it, it didn't didn't work for me. Yeah, I remember I went to Granville Island Brewing. Gosh, it must be like uh, fifteen years ago, I want to say. And I had a maple beer from them that was really good that I really liked. I actually brought a six back home with me, and yeah. Still going well. I can't wait to get up to Canada at some point and visit the brewery. Awesome. How about you? What are you? Uh, what are you bringing? I also got gifted a beer, um, and I, it is a style of beer I I don't know that I've ever had. Hmm. Um, it is it is called um, it's called the Bell. Hmm. It's a dark mild. And it is by Kings and Daughters Brewery out of Clackamas, Oregon. I don't know the brewery, but I love a mild. Mild is one of my favorite styles. So This is how you know I was gifted this, because I don't think I would ever buy a, a beer that is only 3.8%. Uh, see? You need, you, it is as mild as they come. You do need to get <laughs> into the lower ABV. Again, we've switched it where I generally don't get above... Six percent, and I'm doing a seven, and you're doing a three point five. But I'm excited to see what you think of it. Well, there's a lot that you know. We've talked about the big push for non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic beers before, but I haven't really gotten into that. So I'm curious. I mean, I don't. I, I'm generally not trying to get super trashed during the show, so it's probably best to keep it at this <laughs> at this level. Okay. You know, I kind of, I like it. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of a smooth drink. It's not, there's not much to it. Yeah. It's not, it's not hitting you in the face. It's just very drinkable. Yeah. Milds are, uh, yeah. As I say, like, it's one of my favorite styles. It's a sessionable beer, easy drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking it. Nice. And it's got like a picture of like a, a pub on the front of it. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, milds are a very, like, English-style beer, very, you know, something you would find in a pub. Okay, I can get into this, because I can drink, it's it's like a session beer. You can just drink a ton of these and not have to worry about it. Still walk yourself home. <laughs> All right, well, now that we got drinks out of the way, let's get to the Tim bit. Uh, I mean, you know, international breaks are always interesting times. And uh, I was listening to a podcast, the uh, athletic podcast, which I think I mentioned before, is a mm -hmm. good listen. Once you're done with this podcast, definitely give it a listen. And they were talking all about uh, the fact that Harry Kane is going to be very, very open for a transfer, this <laughs> coming transfer window. So I was wondering, with our need for a strike, another striker, would you take Harry Kane? Hell no. No way. I could you imagine? I mean, I know it was just my my mental exercise. I mean, take away take away your your a little bit of your biases and the fact that you hate Tottenham. You can't deny that the man scores goals. Yeah. Yeah. 
but we have people that can score goals. <laughs> like I'd rather just stick with what we had than than add add that to the mix. I just don't even really like the way he plays all that much. I don't know if he would fit in with what we're trying to do. I mean, he can score goals. I I, I wouldn't say he couldn't come into our team and, and find a way to score, but I don't know if he could keep up. I mean, I think that 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 is a fair point. He's, you know, towards the end of his career, it's his last big move. I personally hate the way he plays. I think he's a very cheap player. Uh, I mean, I know this international break, he also has uh, gotten the goal scoring record. So there's a lot of talk about him in general. Uh, I mean, would I mean, if he was willing to play off the bench, he'd be better than any of our strikers off the bench. Right, I, and I'm literally just playing Desert, sure. devil's advocate at this point. But do you see this going down as like a, a Sol Campbell sort of situation where people are going to be glad to have, have sniped that player from from the rivals? That's kind of where my mind went, which is I think would be funny because the only reason he'd leave Tottenham is because he wants a trophy. That's the one thing in his career that he hasn't got. And as Conte, so L couldn't we put in his speech? It's just not part of. Tottenham's DNA to win trophies. So Mm-mm. I think it would be funny if he wa- got his one trophy with Arsenal. So I think for me, it would be a little bit of the lulls. It would be a little bit of the uh, just one more thing to stick in the eye of Tottenham. And I don't, you know, the pragmatic side of me is it thinks in a short term way he would score goals for us. But at what cost? Yeah. At the cost of lulls. I think I, I think it would cause the entire Spurs nation to burn up, which would be just the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, I do I do like that idea, but I, I hate I, I hate the idea of, of messing up anything that we have going in for the sake of that. You know, <laughs> I would love to see some most pretty much all all of the Spurs fans just dying inside. As that as he signs a contract <laughs> with Edu and, and Arteta with their arms around him, like <laughs> prodigal son has 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 come to the right side of of North London, um, but no, no, there's a million other players I would much rather see us put our effort towards. I mean, that's the interesting thing is I don't think there's a million other strikers out there. I I mean, I think it's it's very far fetched. Besides the obvious of crossing the north london divide i don't i don't think that's likely uh the same way chelsea might be interested in him but i think you know tottenham fans would it would be a very unpopular move in white hart lane for uh, him to move to chelsea uh the two other english sides that are in the conversation are newcastle if they decide to actually spend their money and uh uh the bookies uh money right now is on uh united for him if he doesn't go hmm. abroad to Barca, Bayern, Madrid, that are all looking for strikers as well. I mean, the only, the, the only reason I do bring it up is that the striker market is pretty lackluster right now. And we I, I do feel we are in the market for another striker. So. I guess he's only 29. He seems older in my mind. Yeah. But. Same age as uh, Trissard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I just, I'd rather, I'd rather roll the dice on a young guy than, than 
catch him at the tail end of his career. I mean, like you sign him and then what? He, he might he might get another contract after, but we've just done that too many times. And you'd have to pay a, pre, a, a premium price because it's his last big contract. Yeah, but I mean, it, it is. I mean, you'd be paying his wages more than the transfer fee. I, I mean, I think the estimates are the trans. I mean, I I brush it away as it's nothing, but I think the estimates are around a hundred thousand or a hundred million transfer fee. Like put in the extra money, like if you're going to go that far, like maybe go another twenty five, fifty, go for awesome man. Mm. Like that's I don't know. Go younger. Yeah, I don't know. I I can think of other players that would be worth worth splashing the cash on where there's more potential. You know what you're getting from Harry Kane. I just don't know that I want to spend a hundred million on that. Yeah, and I do I do think the way they that he plays, you bring up a good point. I don't think it really gels. He's an out and out striker of a, a very traditional British mold, and I think we're playing a very different style to what he would do. But I I would also love uh the, the listeners to chime in on the Discord about this because I think it's a funny funny concept. <laughs> would you what if what if Son was was available? I would say no. I mean, I like Son better than I do uh, Kane as far as a human being. And I, I mean, I know mm. it's harsh, like, it's, but uh, Son is a I feel like a a good person to a certain extent. But I think Son has all the hallmarks of hitting his age cap and declining. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, if it was an if from a very selfish who I think would help the team more thing I and it was just between Son and Kane and those are the only two players you could ever transfer into Arsenal in the next window I would take Kane over Son I don't like this conversation <laughs> I think it's I don't funny. like what this is making me feel inside <laughs> would you take Son uh, again I just think like if you're looking at a 29 and a 30 year old I would just I'd much rather roll the dice on somebody that's unproven than uh, somebody that's over it. I just feel like we've we've done that. We're past that. I'd but I'd like I'd take three or four Sambi Lukonga type players that may or may not pan out rather than spend triple digits on or you know six digits on uh not six digits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mul- <laughs> multiple million dollar. Uh, I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. If, if he, if if we're gonna spend that money, I'd rather go get three, two or three players that are uh, potential um, stars down the line. I mean, I'd take Kukowski, but that's just my uh, my bias. I just want him out of uh, Tottenham. Mm. So I could see, I could see that being more more likely to happen than trying to take one of their talisman players. <laughs> But you never. I guess he is one of their talisman players. Yeah. it's just a low bar, a low bar over there. Oh, uh, they're in such crisis. Especially, did you see the news of uh, their sporting director getting the full ban now? So they are without permanent coach or sporting director for the end of the season. Ah, uh, that sounds like the kind of chaos I like. <laughs> Where do you think the odds are that they're they're going to stay in fourth place at this rate? I mean, I'm gloating right now. And I, I'm kind of loath to gloat because soccer is a weird, weird sport. 
Mm-hmm. And I could see kind of getting a siege mentality, but like, I just, the amount of chaos that's going on, I think the morale in the dressing room, I think you're going to be a lot of players looking for moves elsewhere and playing for themselves as opposed to playing for the shirt. Uh, I mean, I think if it de- it really depends to me if Newcastle can pull out of their nosedive that they're going through right now. Uh, I think Tottenham can kind of hold where they're at. It just depends if another team, specifically Newcastle, can really uh, put something together towards the end of the season. Yeah, I kind of thought they would uh, be putting a little more pressure on, so we'll have to see if that that comes comes together for them. I, I think you know you've got Liverpool kind of right in there as well. Maybe um, they are able to turn things around as we get into the mix and put some. Uh, I don't know. Just just breathe down the neck of Tottenham a little bit, and I think they're they're going to start feeling the pressure of where they're at. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's an interesting table from top to bottom this year. So Mm. we'll see. We'll see. That 12th, that 12th to 20th, that's, that's where the real action is going to be. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that table or that part of the table. Weird, weird to be at the complete opposite end of that. I'm glad to not be in that that mix it's it's nice to have a season where we're not in that mix because uh, you know a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago we might have been on the edges of that uh discussion so it's it's mm. as you said nice to be on the other end of that spectrum well it is the international break and although we are heading towards a uh, premier league returning this weekend there isn't a, a a million things to talk about but we do have some stuff we got lots of arsenal women to talk about and uh We'll touch on some of the players that we were in action over the break. Uh, so let's talk. Let's talk about the Arsenal guys and what they've been up to over this uh, um, this break. And and I think we had four four people that were in action. So what what do we what do we see? Did you get to get to watch any of these games? Yeah, I watched the uh, Norway. Uh, uh, what was it? Georgia game which was unfortunate. I watched the uh, England game, both England games. Uh, I watched, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. I, I, I watched a lot of international games. Oh, I did watch the Scotland, uh, Scotland-Spain game, which was a fun one to watch. So I got to see a, a couple of our players in action. I think, uh, you know, we can start with Sokka. I think for me, it's so fun to have the English nation really see and appreciate Sokka for what we've been saying for years since well before this podcast even started that we could see he was a special boy and the rest of England is seeing how special he is when he plays for the national team. Yeah, I think it's been said several times recently that uh, it's amazing that he came up playing as a a left back, you know, like Mm. that he was working as like a left back or a wing back and has now really looked like he he belongs in that right side. Like he just is where he fits, where he is the most dangerous. And uh, I think he's got that spot locked down on the English team at this point. There's no, I think he is looking at looking like one of those um, 
players that's a lock for that starting lineup and that's that's a, a big change over the last couple of years you know where it was he was kind of on the fringes and up and coming and then i think after um the euros and the world cup he's 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 pretty much established himself as as the rising star of the team and uh there's there's a lot of talent there so that's saying something yeah and and just how he plays on that it's uh there's another podcast i don't forget which one i was listening to that was talking about the way he plays on that wing it's not just that he's a one-trick pony a lot of uh, inside out forwards so like left-footed players that play on the right side tend to be go down the wing cut in and use their favored foot but he actually plays with chalk on his boots and can really score from anywhere on that right side he doesn't have to cut in he can really use his uh his right foot and his left foot and be dangerous from any position there and and it makes it really hard for other teams to defend again it's something that we've noticed as Arsenal fans, but to see it do it on the international stage is, uh, yeah, again, confirming what we all see. I think it, the, that ability to score with both feet and it just to get into dangerous areas. I mean, he, you don't know if he's going to shoot. You don't know if he's, which foot he's coming at you with. He will frequently make difficult angled shots and make them look easy and uh he's gonna make a keeper work pretty hard you know if he if he's putting a shot on you your your best chance is that you're gonna parry it and put another player in a dangerous position so i think Saka has figured out that getting getting to that byline and really it really opens up the the playbook for him and he's over the last couple seasons gone from getting to those positions and kind of fizzling to really finding uh, finding ways to be deadly, whether it's as a, this, uh, a playmaker, an assist creator, or, you know, getting dangerous shots on himself and finding ways to score and making it look pretty easy. I mean, the goal, the goal that he did score for England, it was a beauty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it, he wafts that ball into the top corner and just, I, I don't even know how he it's starting to become routine for him as he gets to those positions in the the top of the box he's just very comfortable getting the ball onto the um comfortable foot and and uh putting it into dangerous areas and and just making the goals look at look as smooth as they come yeah and it's not all only his goals as well it's his assist to uh, the aforementioned Kane new mm-hmm. hopefully Arsenal striker <laughs> <laughs> don't wish that upon us it's one thing to be hypothetical <laughs> i kid i kid uh but uh his assist to kane was also brilliant and that's the the other dimension is that you not only have to worry about him being a goal scorer but the fact that he has the ability to put the ball in the box and into dangerous areas and create the assist uh, that it just makes it so hard to defend against him Yeah, I think um, it's it's night. I, I don't know if it's because of where Arsenal are are at, where it's now he's like a bona fide star. Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not that he was kind of shown up to the um, uh, national team coming from a team from a, a club team that was kind of struggling or you know on the outs with with the um, the fans or you know I think everybody support wise 
has kind of been gotten behind Arsenal, and that has transferred over to his support for the English national team. So I think he's got um, not only the Arsenal fans behind him, but I think the English fans have also started to figure out how dangerous he is because of where Arsenal are at in the table and what he's done with his stat line. I mean, the fact that he's at double digits and goals and assists coming into the national team, I mean, that there's nobody else that's on that level with, that he's playing with on that team. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean much on the pitch, but he's also just a genuinely nice guy. He's a nice person. Mm-hmm. He's a good human. Like, you know, he doesn't... You don't see him being very cocky. You don't see him mouthing off on the on the field very much. You just He just puts his head down and plays and is a genuinely good person, which I also think just you know, helps you. Absolutely. Um, we also had, uh, well, uh, Tier- yeah. Tierney was, was in action. Um, he, he also, I believe had an assist in his game. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I believe so too. And, uh, uh I, I didn't see this one. Oh, this game was, Oh, the, uh, again, if you have a chance to go back and watch this game, it was a, it was definitely a cracker. It, it was great because, uh, Spain started out doing a lot of diving and a lot of uh, play acting. There was a time when uh, McTominay, uh, granted, he did put his shoulder into a Spanish player's uh, kind of jaw area, but it was a very a light shoulder and the player acted like he had just gotten like a baseball bat to the head type of thing. Where And it was like that delayed... The usual. The usual. It was like that delayed reaction where like he felt the touch thought about for a second then suddenly like just like literally like look like he'd been bludgeoned to death so spain started out that way and then after scotland scored their two goals scotland started to play the dark arts themselves and really Mm. time wasted there was a a point where scotland uh a player was down and he was off the field of play and he uh kind of was injured and then slowly crawled onto the pitch to just stop play, <laughs> which was uh, lovely to see. Uh, it, mm. it was a fun, fun game to watch. Uh, Tierney, I think, played an excellent game. I think all of Scotland played an excellent game, but Tierney really did showcase. And when I was watching Tierney play, he was playing on the uh, as a the right sided center back or the right sided back in a three back system. And he really did show himself really well. And I wonder if Arsenal were to play that way, we would be seeing more of Tierney because he really did excel in that position. It's just it so happens that we don't don't play that system. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a reminder that he he can be a versatile player. He's not a one one trick pony, and and we do see it like now with him um, trying to fill the role that that Zinchenko plays and and what he can do with that. Uh, it's not like for like, but he is capable of, of getting in there and, and making things happen in that different parts of the field. Yeah. I mean, it, he's the player that I would love to say, see stay on the team, but I understand why he has a little bit of itchy feet to leave, which is that he, he has enough talent to start somewhere in the premier league and he probably has enough talent to start for arsenal if we didn't have better players ahead of him or or not even better players but uh players more suited to the system that arteta wants to play 
So he he's a player I'm I'm kind of worried next offseason or not worried, but I think he's a player that is definitely available for the right fee. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that will, will probably be the case. But you imagine they're going to go out and get somebody that's going to be um, a little better suited for uh, filling that role that Zinchenko plays. Or maybe they do go for somebody that is similar in in, in what Tierney brings in as far as having more of a um, strong defensive acumen and, and able to come in and be more of a, a shutdown sort of back. But, you know, it, it is... Uh, nice when you have a player that can do do a little bit of both uh can be strong defensively and be a creative player and i think you lose a lot if you take Sinchenko off the field and you don't have somebody that can come in and make something happen down that, that left hand side yeah I mean, it, it's crazy to me to think what a difference a season makes which is last season he was nailed on you know penned in on the starting lineup unless he was injured mm-hmm. he uh we were talking very seriously about him as captain candidate for the team and now mm-hmm. he's i mean surplus is the wrong word but he's definitely a a, a, a player that's outside looking in on the first team mm-hmm. i don't think anybody really saw zinchenko coming or, or could fathom what a type of, that type of player could bring to the team um so let's move on here. We've got a couple more players that were in, in action. Odegaard, of course, was uh, captaining the Norway Norway team uh, without Ho- Holland. Oof. And that uh, Norway-Georgia game, which is another game I watched this uh, this international break. Uh, woof, uh, a, Norway definitely missed Holland. You could see that. And you know, tying Georgia 1-1 was definitely not a, a way to you know, advance for them in the group. Odegaard had a, a clear sitter that he missed, unfortunately, during that game. Mm. That would really change the uh, the the fortune of the game. Uh, I mean, Odegaard looked fine-ish, but it is also Georgia. Like the, it's a team that really Norway should be dominating, and to tie one-one even away was disappointing. I think Odegaard would be disappointed with that. But really, you saw with Norway lacking a, a, a very cutting edge that Holland would have provided. Uh, you know, a lot fell onto Odegaard to be an offensive force and where I think he can be a creative player. I don't think he's necessarily the one that you want the chances to fall to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't have anybody else to lay off to, you're not getting the most out of Odegaard. I think he's... He's a player that thrives on finding spaces that are vacated by other players that are, um, he will run into the, make those late runs, but you have to kind of have something happening in front of him or he needs to have somebody to pass to, to really tap into his creativity. And, um, without the playmakers, he's, he, or without, uh, the, the finishers, you really aren't going to get the most out of your playmakers. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think of the players, on international break, uh, yeah, Odegaard would be the one that would be the most disappointed, I think, out of mm. all, all the international break. Mm-hmm. Uh, last but certainly not least, we had Party who joined his um, national team with uh, with one of the Arsenal trainers in tow. Mm-hmm. 
So there, they were it, it's as close to wrapping him in moth uh, in <laughs> cotton as you as you could be. Uh, I think he is. Um, they 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 would have kept him back if they could have, but uh, this was the next closest closest thing. Well, and then of course, uh, in due course, they withdrew him from the squad because he had a minor injury, which was. I half of me is wondering how much of that's a real injury, and half of me is wondering if like the trainers were like, nope. You know, you made your you 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 showed showed your face, and now it's time to go back to the 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 squad. Uh, the other half of me is absolutely worried that he's just getting another injury, but uh, mm. yeah, uh, he was withdrawn from the squad, uh, and I believe is back in England or was back in England the last, or a couple of days ago that he just flew back home. I thought they kept him on the bench for the second game. Even even though he didn't end up playing, but he he was an option they had available. But I I think it's uh I think it's fake. <laughs> I hope it's fake. Um, but you can understand why they sent a trainer with him. He it seems that he has the very poor luck when he goes with the national team, and I don't know what it is they're doing over there. That he he's he's got a lot on his shoulders. Obviously, he's he's one of their star players. So, uh. He's also one of our star players, and although we have uh, Jorginho to to fall back on, I, I would like to get to the run in here without many ma- any more major injuries to our our players because we saw what happened at the end of last season. We can't really afford to have it that happen this year. Yeah, and then unfortunately, the other news that came out with the party, and it's something that uh, isn't being reported in the English press directly because of their libel laws, but there is some more allegations of some sexual misconduct from party, which is, you know, this is now the uh, third or fourth accusation against him, which is a uh, very worrying from a number of things. I mean, I think least of the worry is that, you know, how it affects Arsenal, but also the fact that, you know, he could be a very uh, problematic player. Again, you know, this hasn't gone through court. There's a, you know, we one should give a benefit of the doubt in some ways, but it, it it is worrying that these things seem to not be going away and in fact increasing. I think it's um, clearly an area of need in the off season where we've got Party, Jorginho, and Xhaka kind of holding down a good core of your your midfield, and I don't think we can safely rely on any of those guys to carry us into the champions league and and beyond i think it's if we can get keep that together for this season to get it get get us to that point i think there has to be um some younger players some better players and you have to have some insurance there for for party because i don't know that you can um safely rely on him to be part of the team next season it's it's sounding like there's going to be a, a, another shooter drop here. And I don't think he's, um, he's not going to be fully available. We'll say. Yeah. And I do. If these accusations are true, I do hope Arsenal or at least found it. I do hope Arsenal does the right thing with these, these accusations. So. Yeah. I don't think you can keep him playing. Um, especially as, as things start coming out more, it's one thing when you get caught flat-footed at the beginning of this season and you want to kind of just see how it plays out because it's going to 
totally screw up your season <laughs> if you don't. Um, but when you when you've gone through a whole season and you kind of know that these things are keep are going to keep coming up in the background, I think you you definitely plan for a, a life after after party at this point. Yeah. Uh, and moving on, there's one other player I wanted to mention that I, almost, I forgot to put on the running order. I apologize. Which was uh, El Neni was also in action for Egypt. I j- no way. Hmm? I didn't know that. <laughs> Craziness. I I tried to watch the Egypt Malawi game, but the feed that we got was absolutely horrible. That's why I forgot to put it on there. It was really hard to watch. You could totally tell it wasn't a as bad as a cell phone camera, but you could tell that the Wi-Fi was not working at the stadium. I believe it was away at Malawi, which I can understand that they may not have a modern infrastructure to televise games at that place. Uh, so it was a, a lot of the game they ended up cutting away to the crowd or actually showing part of the uh, Cameroon game that was going on at the same time. So I can't say firsthand how El Nani did. I do know that Egypt uh, won handily. I believe it was 4-0 or 4-1, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, it's nice to nice to see El Nani getting some minutes, and I think uh, he's been very happy playing for the national team. Yeah, good good for him to get get back to that level. Uh, we we should not go any further without talking about the the Arsenal women mm. uh, who've been. Really, they just had a great week. I don't know. I don't know if you can put it in any other way. They they had a, about as good a week as you can have. Um, I got to catch today's game, but there was a game uh, over the weekend with yeah. the, the Spurs, right? Yeah, five one. Uh, uh, lots of ghost stories. My favorite uh, Arsenal uh, player on the women's team, Blackstenius, getting involved in that game in the uh, fifth minute. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's always good to beat Spurs, always, and you know, to really hand them a pasting. I, Spurs, their their women's side, just like their men's side, actually at this point is a uh, well behind us, so it's not out of the realms. Uh, in the league, we're you know three points behind uh, the two man uh, Manchester teams with a game in hand, so it's definitely not out of the realms to to do the. Uh, the double this season with Arsenal winning the uh, men's and the women's Premier League. Now that would be nice. That would be a that would be a year. <laughs> so it, talk about club club of the season. Yeah. So you know, keep your eye on that space. Definitely. Uh, I believe all the women game or women's games are on Paramount Plus. That's where I generally watch them for the uh, at least the Premier League. The uh, Champions League is hard to. It's on YouTube, I believe. For the Champions League, how did you watch it? Yeah, that's where I wa- that's where I watched it today. Was on YouTube. I, I that uh, that came as a surprise to me. I didn't realize that they were showing those for free. So I definitely wanted to tune in since I had the opportunity. And um, yeah, great to great to see them come out early and um, just put put the their foot on the neck of of uh, Munich and and to to come into this game down a goal on aggregate and then really just turn things around very quickly. Uh, it was, it was, it was a nice, nice feeling. Cause I think the strategy was to try and um, force 
Arsenal to play a certain way, and it, it they just continued to press and and make things happen. It was like that the Munich team could not figure out how to play out from the back, and and they were getting just thwarted at every attempt, and that that amount of pressure was bound to wear them down. And um, I I, I just like the the way that that Arsenal played that it was it was really fun to watch. Yeah, the uh, the goal the goal from um, well the black black Stadium's goal was was great, but the the opening goal I'm trying to remember who scored that. Uh, it was a uh, what is their name? Sorry, Mad, uh, Manam, Manum, Frida Manum, Manum. Yes, that's right. Yeah, what a what a bullet! I mean, mm. d- just loved it. One of the best goals I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, and what gets us into the semifinals? I am trying to actually see if there's been a draw yet, but I do. I do believe there hasn't been a a a, a draw to see. But Barcelona destroyed Roma, and is going to be in the uh, semifinal. And you have either Wolf, Wolfsburg or Paris Saint Germain and Chelsea and Lyon are the uh, the other teams that could join. Arsenal, Barcelona. So, I mean, yeah, now that we're getting the nitty gritty of this tournament, it could also, it's, you know, very possible to get a, get a good final there too. Yeah, that'd be nice. It, it, I mean, great for them that they're, they have the opportunity on multiple fronts. Um, I'm hopeful for the Arsenal men's team that they're able to mount the same sort of campaign next season and, and uh, be able to really stay in the mix on both ends. But that would be asking a lot. I think that the, the jump from Europa League Champions League is going to test <laughs> test the depth yes. and test this team next season for sure. Definitely. But uh, just staying with the women, I, I it's, it's awesome that they're doing so well and that there's so much more accessibility to it. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the expert on the women's team. I do have a couple of my favorite players on that team. I, I've watched several games this season, but I, I'm excited that it's just available and the information is out there. So I highly encourage everyone to, to, to watch them because they're, they're a delight to watch. Absolutely. Um, the Arsenal men's team does have a game coming up this weekend. We're back. Ugh, can't wait. I know. it's it, For some reason, these international breaks seem way longer than they actually are. You're only missing like one weekend of, of games. That's it. But it feels like we've been gone for weeks. Forever. Forever. Uh, so we're we're thinking everybody's coming back uninjured except for maybe party who, who i'm 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 gonna believe is just you know trying to maintain his fitness for the most important games <laughs> uh so assuming everybody's uh healthy and available uh we're coming off a, a pretty pretty strong run of games here uh five wins in a row and really looking looking like we could roll into Liverpool with a, a pretty strong position. I, I think that's... Um, I don't want to look past Leeds. Leeds is definitely going to be a team that's going to put up a fight. They are 
one of the one of the teams that's in that lower half that's definitely feeling the pressure to get as many points as they can from the games that they have in front of them and it's uh not going to be easy for them as they battle uh they're 26 uh 26 points in 14th place and they're just three points off the bottom so it's it is it is a scrap for them and they are you know dealing with a, a new coach and trying to trying to right the ship a little bit so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how much of a fight they can they can put up against a pretty strong arsenal side right now yeah and uh it's going to be at home, which I would expect uh, to help lift us. I think the fans will be ready for it. I think it's going to be a great uh, atmosphere. Uh, Leeds is coming in with a couple of injuries. Um, I'm forgetting there's an American. One of their American players was injured in the international break and is questionable for the game. As you said, the uh, coaching situation is a little, uh, <laughs> a little up in the air with the new manager. I, yeah, again you can't overlook these teams, but I, I, this is a game I do feel confident about. And if we are serious for the title, I think I've said this like 30 times this uh, season in the podcast, we're serious for the title. This is a game that we need to get full points from. And my, my thing is hopefully we learn the lessons from the uh, Bournemouth game. I was just rewatching some of the highlights from that because they were in a documentary I was watching and mm. we started that game so flat footed and went down two nothing. And luckily we were pulled to, able to pull ourselves out of that, uh, out of that, uh, hole. I would hope that the team is just very ready and focused for this team and really goes from the start and just, you know, makes it an easy game for us who are watching, you know, that's my hope. Yeah. I think it's the, the form that the team has been in is, been pretty outstanding they're finding ways to shut down teams they're finding ways to score goals and i think the the struggle is definitely there when it comes comes to returning from these international breaks and finding that rhythm so i would not be surprised to come out a little bit slow a little bit uh, off off our game in the first half but if if they are able to overcome the that historical uh, deficit that they they seem to have. Um, I think there's opportunity here to really put, take it to Leeds, and and they're like I said, they're the ones that are under pressure, and we want to try to bank as many points as we can. But I think it's Leeds that are going to have to open up and try to um, get get points out of this game. So it, it plays into our hands quite well. Do you think Jesus gets the start? Oh, I I kind of hope we see him get more minutes um because he he's he is a player that needs to get that goal that once he gets that goal i think he's he's gonna start coming back to the player that he was and it like i've, I've said this um previously in the past couple games that we've seen him he he has little sparks of what he used to be able to do there's nothing to say he can't come back and, and be even better than he was before. Um, so I'm I'm very anxious for him to find that form sooner than later. So what would your uh, formation be then for the uh, for the game? Your ideal formation? Um, the I think you you gotta you gotta put Jesus in there 
you got to keep Martinelli the hot hand. You got Saka, obviously. Um, I think everything stays pretty much as the ideal 11, um, assuming parties available. I think you you go back to that that original lineup that's done so well for us at the beginning of the season. So uh, you're saying that uh, Chassard loses his place? I think so. I think he's, he's a player that um, you love to have come off the bench, whether that be for, for Jesus or Martinelli to change things up. And he's so versatile. It, it just depends on where we're finding joy. I mean, if you want somebody that's going to create things down the middle of the pitch or be able to interchange with Martinelli very easily, I think Trossard's the perfect guy to come in and, and um, spell Jesus because he's, he does a lot of the same things in the interplay and that sort of thing and brings out the best in um, Martinelli and can also score himself. But I think he's he's really the guy that that's that's a great creator for this team. So when push comes to shove at the end of the game, that's that's the kind of player I think you, you want to have available to you off the bench. And he's um, seems to play that role pretty well. He doesn't he doesn't seem to shy away from um, coming off the bench and making an impact. Yeah, uh, the the only ch- other change I could see is Jorginho for Party. If the injury concerns for Party are actually real and not just a, a way to get him out of the uh, international duty, uh, I could see Jorginho starting. It might be a good game for him to start as well because I think uh, maybe some of the defensive work that Party does isn't as necessary against Leeds. Mm. Uh, but I think the, I mean, I think goalie obviously is written in pen. Uh, your back line is pretty stable. I mean, it could be a time for, uh, to get some Tommy Asu minutes in too, if you wanted. Tommy's done. Oh, is he? Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm totally, forget. totally forgetting that. Yeah. So not Tommy minutes, but maybe tyranny minutes. Yeah. I could see that. Cause Jinchenko played, we forgot to mention him. He was another player. Mm-hmm. Who played? Uh, I don't. I don't have any strong memories of him in the England game. So, but uh, it might be. I don't know. Some time to give Tierney minutes as well. But yeah, no. I think it's going to be this the the same back four that we're used to, and then uh, yeah, that midfield the same. Yeah, I think ideally, um, Arteta doesn't want to change much unless he absolutely has to. And I think if. Yeah, the part the party thing is is definitely the the one area of concern, depending on how he, um, how he's coming out of the international break. Um, any other thoughts on on the Leeds team? No, just please three points. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna be, uh, I wanna keep that eight point gap as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think it it. it I was just going to look to see when Man City is playing here. Are they before us? Ooh, that's a good question. I was looking. They play They play Liverpool, 4.30 a.m., so they are before us, I believe. And look at what time we're playing. It's not 4.30 a.m. <laughs> I did look at that. I was like, we're done with those, right? Uh, yeah, we're at 7 a.m. So, um we will know going in where what the points lead looks like. So I think that, you know, them them having to play with us eight points ahead 
it puts some pressure on them going up against Liverpool for sure. Oh, yeah, and they're playing Liverpool. Yes. Ooh, that should be a that could be an interesting game. Actually, this is oh yeah for sure. Yeah, that's the, that is interesting. You know, like obviously we'll talk about it more next week, but we have Liverpool coming up, and then kind of a breather. Mm-hmm. We have, I mean, not that anything's a breather, but we have West Ham and uh, somebody else. And then we go right into, I think, the three games that will define our season, which is that stretch where we play uh, uh, Chelsea, City, and Newcastle all right in a row with a three-game week. So, yeah, you know, we need to, we really do need to be picking up these points because I, I would be surprised if we got nine points out of that that uh, three-game week. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you don't we don't really know what, what kind of Liverpool team is going to show up against Man City. What what Liverpool team is going to show up against us? This is a team that one week comes out and beats uh, Man United seven zero, <laughs> and the next week loses to Bournemouth. And so you just you have no idea what team is going to show up. Um, but if if anything, I hope uh, the good the good team shows up against Man City and the bad team shows up against us. Yes. Of course. Uh. It, it it is fun. We are definitely in the uh, the the pointy end of the season. These games, it's funny. The, the the beginning of the season, it kind of feels like you can drop a point here and there. You know, there's a long season. We're just at we're at the point where where we just can't drop points. We need to just. It's definitely going to ratchet up that pressure when if and when we do. Yeah. Well, we um we shall see how this weekend looks. If, continuing to win, continuing to hold that eight point lead if we can. Um, really would um it it really puts the pressure more on man city i mean i think we we don't want to drop points but the longer we can stay in the lead the more they have to perform every week Mm -hmm. and so i think the pressure is more on them because they have to catch up and and beat us like that's that's that game in the middle of april where at the end of april is going to be a gigantic gigantic game against man city oh for sure um all right do we have anything else we want to cover this week not no not really typical uh international break game or episode not too much that we can cover this week but um really looking forward to having having conversation after after leads yeah me too i I can't just i can't wait for club football to start up again i i i mean it's there there's the arsenal game there's uh Dortmund Bayern there's a there's a lot of very tasty fixtures Napoli Milan there's a it, I just I I can't get as excited about Georgia and Norway as I can about the the games <laughs> coming up this weekend well especially when like the star players don't even want to show up for their national team yeah you know like they're calling out left and right exactly so we're we're, we're back to the uh the the real stuff the stuff that matters. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there then. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't done so already, go and review and subscribe wherever you're picking it, picking up this uh, this week's uh, show. If you like our theme song, go check out Bobcat. Their website is bobc.at. You can find all their latest info there. If you want to join us on uh, Twitter, we are at W of N London. Our email is westofnorthlondon at gmail.com and of course you can join our discord by clicking on the link in the show notes we would love to have you over there uh, we can 
chat about the Leeds game as it's happening or um, anything else that comes up during the week. So uh, love to have any Arsenal fan over on our Discord. It's free to join. Just go ahead and click that link in the notes. I think that's it for us this week. So as always, see you at the next gun show.